Welcome everyone to the first episode of We Are Royal, the podcast that is celebrating the centennial year, the year of the poodle of Sydney Gamma Rose Sorority Incorporated. I hope you guys come back every month and you'll learn more and more about the various women that have made this sorority such a great sisterhood. So today I have two special guests and I look forward to you guys listening to their wisdom and the great stories they have to share. Take it away. Greetings everyone. Today we have two very, very special guests that I have known for years and it's a mother-daughter uh, team. <laughs> I am so happy and honored to have them on uh, our podcast today. So first of all, I would like Sora Teresa Leak to introduce herself. Okay, I am Teresa Leak. I am an inductee into Alpha Chapter on April 26, 1959. And now a member of Phi Sigma Chapter in Washington, D.C. Okay, wonderful. See, this is what I'm saying, Soror. This is special. And the other guest we have today is Soror Anandalik. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Ananda Kiamsha Madeline Leak. Some of you know me as Puff. I joined Sigma Gamma Rho at Beta Tau Chapter at Morgan State University in 1983, and I became uh, inactive for about three decades and recently rejoined um, in a financial active status in April of this year in, in order to, to be able to come to the centennial and to begin to give back. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I guess the first question, Soror uh, Leak Sr., <laughs> would be what was the environment like back then um, and what uh, interested you in Sigma to join Alpha Chapter? Uh, the environment was what I would call a mild chaos. We Indianapolis is the um, headquarters for the KKK, and they still had a lot of control in the city mm-hmm. as well as the state. I did encounter a lot of prejudices uh, school-wise, um, elementary, high school, and even into college. Uh, professors, but I was attracted to Sigma Gamma Rho based on a humble. Um, I met two of the founders downtown on Washington uh, Street in mm. front of um, in front of a a a, a, a high end store. Okay, right. I, I won't name I won't name the name okay. and. Uh, 
And it was I was with my mother, and she introduced me to Mrs. Redford and Mrs. Whiteside. These are two of my former teachers. Wow. And I go, and I go, oh wow. Miss Whiteside had her in kindergarten in North Vernon, Indiana, and when my mother uh, eventually moved to Indianapolis, she had Miss Redford in either the third or the fourth grade. Mm. So that's how I got introduced to Sigma Gamma Rho, and all of a sudden I get an invitation to a rush party out of Butler University at Holcomb Gardens. So mm-hmm. being the nosy person that I am, I didn't know anything about a rush party and what was all involved. But I went to see, what's this? Right. And to my surprise, there were these two ladies along with another lady by the name of Rosemary Carpenter conducting mm-hmm. this room full of women in what they called a rush party. And what it was is introduction to college life outside of the books. Right. And it was a style show. And how you could use basic attire to make you look fabulous on campus. Okay, my right. ears and my eyes and ears were up then because I didn't have a whole lot of money, nor did my parents. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got interested. And uh, Dorothy Whiteside being the animated individual that she was, mm-hmm. um she so she had fabric, she had shoes, she had a shoe polish, shoe paint, and she dressed these young ladies in black shifts, all kinds of ways, including headgear, um, mm-hmm. taking old old hats, and making them look good, taking old shoes, redying them a different color, as well as belts. Um, using fabric to cover your shoes, which I didn't know anything about, but I learned that day. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, your pocketbooks that were old, she covered them with fabric and repainted them. I mean, it was just a fabulous affair. So soon after that, I got a, a phone call from Rosemary Carpenter asking me, was I interested? Of course, I'm interested with two ladies I found out helped found this organization were members come to another meeting at her house. And there is when the formal questioning and why I might be interested, and they gave their what I call spiel on Mm -hmm. why you might be interested in joining. And, of course, my ears were perked up, and I had some other encouragement, my mother pushing me. Well, these were two teachers. You're Mm -hmm. interested in education, you can get more information out of them that I can give you. And and Rosemary Carpenter, being in Indianapolis as an English teacher at Shortridge High School, that was even more of an interest to me that how one individual could be in in a sorority that composed of mostly educators. Right. And that hooked me. That just hooked me. Wow. Wow. So how many people did you go uh, online with? 33. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Ask me how many how many of us lasted. How many of us actually made into the final group? 
because there was a division line who was really going to make it. And they did that based on uh, not only cooperation, uh, how you attended the meetings, your your attitude towards the organization, uh, assignments. And it was three of us. Right. Wow. Out of 33? 33. And they held the other 30 back. So um, we started actually around the last part of October. Mm-hmm formalizing things, but we, we started off with no no money, and we learned how to use resources uh, based on no money and to get around and use our own resources to build a, some capital. Because mm-hmm. we had certain assignments, we had certain assignments we had to complete. Right. And one was, well, the first one was fundraising. Right. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Okay. And then what after that? Um we it, it took it took us a minute to think of how we would come through with something and we had a date in which we had to formalize everything and that was in between Christmas and New Year's, so we came up with this uh big dance. Right. And uh, we were the first black organization to host a an affair at the Indiana State Teachers Association building, mm-hmm. and which which we didn't know we were the first, but we just we contacted them and they said okay I don't I don't think they knew we were black until we showed up, right? So we kind of bold in doing that, and um, we had our parents involved, but put it this way, our families involved because we had mm-hmm. to have police. Um, protection as well as organize a full band, live band, live music, because we didn't have DJs in those days. So I knew a few people, and my line sisters knew a few people, and we just used our resources. And one of the things that that came to me to raise money was to have a popularity contest. And in those days, the um, Indianapolis Recorder would print the names, addresses, and phone numbers of clubs in their newspaper. Mm-hmm. So I used that to send out information, and we had meetings at the YWCA. Mm-hmm. Phyllis Wheatley YWCA, yes, one of those in every town. And right. um, we met with them. We gave out the uh, tickets, which they would sell for five cents, and that's how we raised money to put down on the building put down on the band, mm-hmm. and our police, um, uh, we'll say police uh, protection that came slightly free, because I think my brother had something to do with that in terms okay. of, uh, when I say we got the whole family in Duval, we did. Cause, right. Uh, our line sisters' mo- um, mothers were in charge of the money at the door. Mm-hmm. And um, we were free to move about the, the building, and that's how we began to make money. Right. We got res- we used resources there in the city. I wrote beauty supply houses, called them on the phone. I'll come and pick up the um, merchandise that they were donating to the to the winners, and that's how right. we we started. That's how we started. Wow. So how was the first party? How did it turn out? Very well. Extremely well. We sold out. 
Wow. Because we, every time we did something, we had to write about it and put it in mm-hmm. the Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Recorder. And mm-hmm. we, we did, if we did it on Saturday or Sunday, um, our dean had to approve it. That means we typed it up perfectly, and then ter- she would turn it into the Indianapolis Recorder on Monday morning. And um, the photographer just happened to be a member of my church as well as a good friend of hers. Mm-hmm. And he would come out and take pictures, and then he would have the pictures ready on Monday morning, and so that's how it got into the newspaper. So the following week, everything was up to date, constantly, right. constantly. So, wow. That is so interesting. Five cents. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to make it cheap, okay? Right. It so had to be you, cheap. When did you all uh, cross? Like, what was your initiation date? It was uh, April 26, 1959. So we started in, in October of uh, mm-hmm. 1958. Wow. That is awesome. <laughs> so we were online a long time. Yes. Oh my goodness! So, what were the founders like? Did you get to meet um, all of the founders at that point? Uh, all of them that were alive, except um, um, Mary Mary uh, Louise Allison Gardner Little. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet her until a boule in um, New Orleans. Okay. But, um, what year? Pardon. What year was that when you met Sora Little? I can't remember the the actual date, but I, all I can okay. remember is we stayed at the Hilton, which was down on the waterfront, okay? Right. So uh, whoever can come up with that date, God bless them. Right. Yeah, it, was, it was in 1977 or 76. Ananda, I can barely hear you. Could you speak can, up a little more? Can you hear me? I said it was in 1977 or 76 because we okay. were there. We went to that one, and that was the first time I'd gone to New Orleans. Wow. That is so awesome. So, um, Ananda, I'm sorry? Go ahead. Okay. Ananda, when did you, uh, what chapter, what year, and why did you join Sigma? So I joined at Morgan State University in the fall of 1983 at Beta Tall Chapter. Shout out to my Beta Tall Chapter members. Uh, I joined um, the sorority for a number of reasons. But at first, when I first attended college at Morgan, I had no desire to be a part of a sorority. I was Mm -hmm. not going to do that. I grew up watching uh, my mother be active and be an undergraduate advisor at University of Maryland and at Wuhi State University. And the things that I saw in our kitchen in terms of what the young ladies would do, and I, I wasn't going to do it. And mm-hmm. I just said I would not be a part of it. Well, that lasted um, until I had gone to the regional in March of, of or April of, of 83 in um, in Greensboro, North Carolina. And so I had been going to regionals with my mom. It was a normal thing for me to go to. 
And I, mm-hmm. went to the step, I went to the step show and I saw my uh, future big sister's step. And they came out and they were powerful. And after the show, after the step show, I introduced myself, and they actually spoke to me and had an interest in me. They weren't trying to sell me Sigma. Uh, we got back to campus, and they spoke to me. And, and at Morgan and at a lot of HBCU schools, um, the Greek life is really, at that time, you didn't let people know that you were interested in their organization. That was right. cool, too. Um you needed to keep that quiet, and they definitely didn't speak to you. Um, it was it was definitely you keep that quiet until it was rush time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was really shocked that they they had that approach and they were really friendly. And then they invited me to the rush, and so mm-hmm. part of me was like, I'm just going to go because they're going to have good food. Because I knew about Sigma Gamma Rose rushes because I had prepared food in the past when I was growing up. I was like, well, at least I'll get some good food. So I mm-hmm. went, and uh, Martha Allen, who was the advisor, Sora Martha Allen and um, Myra Curtis, Sora Myra Curtis was there. She was the assistant um, advisor. And Barbara Sawyer was there, Sora Barbara Sawyer, and so many others were there. And the stories that they told and the feeling that I I had while I was there, um, and Kay Merrill, Sora Kay Merrill, she got up and talked about her family legacy. And I just felt so, like, I really got it. I caught mm-hmm. the Gamma Row bug. I, it came to me the way that it needed to come to me. I had my own experience with Sigma as opposed to growing up and being, you know, in, in the audience or being in the room and watching. It was really me tuned in to me as a as a 18-year-old going on 19. Mm-hmm. So I, came, I came home and pronounced, I'm joining Sigma Gamma Row, and my mother politely reminded me that you don't decide that you join. You are invited to join, and you have to go through a process. And just because I was born into it, I grew up into it, doesn't mean that I will be accepted. I have to go through an interview process, and I have to go through the membership process. Right. So uh, that kind of, like, <laughs> put, me in, put me in a different place and humbled me. <laughs> and I went back to campus. Um, in mm-hmm. the fall, you know, ready for the interview, and they grilled me like it was like it was. I I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. I left out of there saying, "I am not going to make it. I didn't make it. You know, I knew I hadn't made it for whatever reason." Um, and I got the letter saying that they wanted me to be a part of the fall 1983 line with uh, Tracy Brown and Gail Harlison Tucker, my line sisters. Mm-hmm. So um, I I realized while we were online that another reason why I wanted to join was because of the sisterhood and the service. Because we mm-hmm. had to, like everybody else, we had to do service projects and we had to really um, come together as one um, in sessions as well as in our work on campus mm-hmm. and, and just learning to function 
in a group um, and learning that I am my sister's keeper and recognizing that. And then remembering, you know, putting together the scrapbook and and remembering um, the scrapbooks that my mom had and that the the sorrows that Ada Beta had, um, that, that was something. And then all of the women that I was around um, growing up who were like second mothers. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the leadership, you know, the leadership um, experience. A lot of times you may join an organization early on, and it, it could be for, you know, you like the group of people, which I did, I felt connected to. I didn't grow up with sisters, so I felt like it was a group of women that I could have that sisterhood with. And then later on, you you get involved and you get active, and then you start to see um, what what Sigma has. It's, it's much mm-hmm. deeper, it's much deeper than what um, than what you thought. And so right mm-hmm. after right after I joined, I ran for youth service coordinator, and I won at that next in, in the following year. And that's where I was able to connect with. People like uh, Grand Bassless Corrine Green, who became like a second mother to me. There's chapters mm-hmm. in St. Louis. There's chapters in Chicago that really took me underneath their wings because I had a chance to sit on the, on the national board so early on in my, my time with Sigma. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got to see and, and to lead and to get leadership experience um, early, and that's that's what really kind of helped shape me. And, and people mentored me um, because of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then in doing, in doing um, the, the, the scrapbook and learning about, um, you know, asking my mom questions, I found out that my great-grandmother, Florida J. Leak, Florida Jones Leak, was a member. My grandfather ended up telling us, uh, she was a member, and so I was able wow. to include her information in my scrapbook. And mm-hmm. later on, we found out that uh, my great grandmother, Florida, that she had served in um, on the national board. Uh, she she joined. Um, as a charter member of Epsilon Chapter, which is, later became Alpha Sigma Sigma Chapter in Gary, Indiana. And she right. held a national officer role as the Grand Antigrammatius from 1927 to 1929. Um, and that blew our minds. Uh, she was a social Amazing. worker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a dressmaker. And then when you see her picture in the, in the, in the history book, that's really what, you know, blows your mind um, that she that she was, and not only her, but her sister, Lillian Jones-Brown, became a honorary member. Um, and I imagine that the, the Soros selected my grand, great, my great-grand-aunt Lillian uh, to be a part of Sigma because she was a teacher and she was the founder of this organization in Indianapolis called the Pres- the Women's Council. And it mm-hmm. was an organization that they created in 1909 
to um, support the educational needs of African-American children. Um, and she held other leadership positions and was a part of the um, National Association of Colored Women. And uh, both she and Florida did a lot for women and children. So that made the, the legacy even even stronger and the connection yeah. stronger. That was so awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I have more to share from that mother and daughter duo next time. So hopefully you'll be back with us next month on the 22nd. And I'll have more interesting um, information. In fact, since it's Black History Month, about Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. So you guys have a great one, and I'll see you next month.